Hello everyone, I'm Giulio Prisco and this is the Turing Church uh, podcast. In the last episode of, the, of uh, the podcast, I talked about technological resurrection, which is a cornerstone of Turing Church. Today I will talk about the simulation hypothesis, which is another cornerstone of Turing Church. In future episodes, I will talk of other cornerstones. The simulation hypothesis is the idea that our reality is a simulation computed in another reality. In simpler words, the world is uh, some kind of uh, a game universe and we are uh, characters in the game. Of course, uh, this uh, picture of the simulation hypothesis should not be taken too literally. If you are imagining an alien uh, super teenager that uh, runs uh, our world on a super PlayStation in the hyperdimensional basement of the family house in hyperspace, you're not being imaginative enough. Same if you imagine an alien super scientist with uh, white hairs and beard that runs our world on a hyperdimensional supercomputer to study weird scientific problems. You're not, uh, you're just not being imaginative enough. And I guess the same can be said of all uh, mental pictures that you can visualize. You just cannot imagine the beyond. But uh, mental pictures, even uh, these uh, simple mental pictures, are useful to have something in mind when you think of the simulation hypothesis. In my book, uh, Tales of the Turing Church, I dedicate two chapters to the simulation hypothesis. The chapter called uh, Sims City is an overview of the simulation hypothesis. The chapter called The Life of Joe Glider is a philosophical zoom on the simple computational universe of the game of life, the simple cellular automaton invented by the late lamented mathematician John Conway. Besides these two chapters, I discuss the simulation hypothesis in other chapters as well and conclude that the simulation hypothesis is a coherent and useful mental picture of reality. I think the simulation hypothesis is a simple intuitive metaphor for a reality that is uh, probably much weirder and hopelessly beyond our current imagination. I think that ordinary reality is part of a whole undivided reality, but there are many ways to split a whole undivided reality into different layers and uh, this splitting can uh, provide useful metaphors and intuitive ways to look at things. For example, our ordinary reality layer is evidently computed by the underlying reality layer of molecules, atoms, elementary particles and quantum fields. So our world of bricks and plants and animals and people is a simulation computed in a different reality. The simulation hypothesis is uh, 
trivially true, in the sense that reality is obviously the result of a computation where the universe computes itself according to the physical laws. Of course, the really interesting questions are if there is a sysop agent, intelligence, mega-consciousness or something like that behind the computation, if that mega-something intervenes in the computation, and if we could somehow communicate with the simulators or uh, escape from the simulation into their base reality. The mega-something doesn't necessarily have to be conscious in any sense uh, that we can understand. It could be an impersonal force, or it could be conscious in its own way. In both cases, ordinary reality can be coherently considered as a construct created in a transcendent universe beyond our world, and uh, driven by transcendent agents, which is the essence of the simulation hypothesis. I first heard of the simulation argument formulated by Nick Bostrom in 2001 on the Extropians mailing list. I had thought of similar ideas now and then, and I was not aware at the time that Hans Moravec had uh, proposed uh, similar ideas. But I found the simulation argument so interesting that my mind went on fire. I sent Nick enthusiastic uh, comments, and uh, I have been a fan of the simulation hypothesis ever since. Bostrom said that he thinks the probability that we live in a simulated universe is about 20%. More recently, Elon Musk said that it is almost certain that we are living in a computer simulation. He said that there is only a one in billions chance that we are in based reality instead of a simulation. But I don't think it makes sense to assign a probability to the simulation hypothesis. One can only assign probabilities when one has at least some information, and we just don't have enough information in this case. So I think obsessing over the probability that we live in a simulated universe like uh, is the probability 7% or is it 79% is a waste of time at this moment. I'm happy enough thinking that there is a possibility that we live in a simulation with probability between 0 and 100%. Perhaps we will be able to say more once uh, we uh, build uh, the first simple simulations that contain thinking and feeling uh, characters, which I think could happen in this century. Or we could find that the simulation hypothesis, or something like it, is the simplest way to make sense of the universe. A few years after reading the simulation argument of Nick Bostrom, I found out that Hans Moravec had formulated 
the simulation hypothesis before Bostrom, but uh, the writings of Moravec are not as clean and clear as those of Bostrom, and I think Bostrom deserves the credit for uh, formulating a clear version of the simulation hypothesis. However, in his book Mind Children, published in 1988, Moravec included a short story about beings called Celtics that evolve in a game of life simulation uh, that runs in a computer in our world. The Celtics study the physics of their world and figure out the cellular automata rules. Then the Celtics find out that the laws of their physics, uh, which is the cellular automata rules of life, are occasionally violated. They formulate a simulation hypothesis to explain this and conclude that uh, there must be occasional hardware uh, malfunctions in the hardware that runs the simulation that is uh, their world. Then the Celtics understand the hardware that runs their simulated world well enough to send messages to the programmers and receive replies. Eventually, the Celtics, in collaboration with the programmers, upload themselves to robotic bodies in our world and participate in a research program to find out if our world is also a simulation. I think this short story is one of the best explanations of the simulation hypothesis. It shows a picture of a simulated universe seen from the point of view of the creators. And it shows how those who live in a simulated universe could find out that their world is a simulation and uh, break free of the simulation into the level of reality in which their world is simulated. The story also illustrates a simple example of technological resurrection with uh, some help from the outside. It has often been said that the simulation hypothesis is similar to religion, but I make this claim much stronger. To me, the simulation hypothesis is identical to religion. In particular, Christianity can be translated into the language of the simulation hypothesis, and the simulation hypothesis can be translated into the language of Christianity. Both translations are uh, accurate almost word by word. The higher level of reality is supernatural from our point of view. There is a God that lives outside the universe and has created the universe. God is omnipresent omniscient and omnipotent. God can copy us out of the universe and resurrect us in a better simulated universe or in the base reality. God can choose to reward what God considers good behavior in this life and punish bad behavior. What more do you want? Everything is identical. 
I have been reading the simulation hypothesis and the simulated multiverse by Ritz van Wierk, and I have been discussing with Wierk. These two books are the most complete popular treatment of the simulation hypothesis available so far. In the simulation hypothesis, Wierk says that the simulation hypothesis uh, bridges the gap between religions and science in ways that weren't possible before and may just be the answer that provides a single framework, a coherent model that brings together science and religion. I believe that this, bridging the gap between religion and science, is something that uh, today's world uh, very much needs. I never miss a chance to emphasize that uh, the simulation hypothesis inspired by technology is essentially equivalent to religion. In the simulated multiverse, Wirk adds that the metaphors used by religions should be updated and the simulation hypothesis is the latest update. Wirk mentions the new God argument of the Mormon Transhumanist Association is an example of how religions can reformulate their theology in the simulation framework. Analogies with computer games help make sense of issues in fundamental physics, such as uh, the limit speed of light, quantum entanglement and quantum collapse. For example, it uh, doesn't make much sense to waste resources to compute something that nobody is looking at. A better to compute it just in time when somebody is looking. But perhaps this is more than an analogy and uh, the universe is really some kind of computer game. In a simulated universe, Time travel to the past is a rewind of the simulation to a previous state. In the simulated multiverse, Wirk elaborates upon his previous book and proposes a fusion of uh, the simulation hypothesis and the many words interpretation of quantum mechanics that was first uh, proposed by Hugh Everett and then was uh, supported by many top scientists. We don't live in a single universe, but in a complex interconnected network of uh, multiple timelines. Work outlines a simulated multiverse of many simulated worlds. But the simulated multiverse of Wirk is not the same conventional quantum multiverse of Everett, where everything that could happen uh, does happen in one or another timeline. Instead, in the simulated multiverse of Wirk, unwanted timelines are stopped and only good timelines are retained. So Wirk ends up with the same thin multiverse concept that I sketch in my book. 
The universe spawns multiple timelines as multiple processes that are each exploring slightly different paths, says Virk. The universe is constantly creating multiple timelines, uh, branching timelines, uh, merging timelines, and eliminating timelines. Why? Because the universe is looking for better outcomes, just like our uh, evolutionary computing simulations explore networks of alternative paths to find good paths. Of course, what is considered a good depends on the uh, purpose of the simulation. The good uh, paths are retained, but the others are eliminated because it doesn't make sense to waste computing resources on useless computations. Perhaps you are thinking that all that is very good, but you don't like to think that you are a character in a video game. Instead, you want to be a real person in the real world. If so, you can think of pictures of reality that are really equivalent to the simulation picture, but in only one world, which is the real world. There are many, and uh, the simpler one is based on string theory. According to string theory, our universe is a uh, membrane, or a uh, brain, in a higher dimensional space called bulk. The concept has been popularized by the film Interstellar and the book on uh, the science of Interstellar, written by Nobel Prize for Physics winner Kip Thorne, who was uh, a scientific advisor for the film. Advanced beings in the bulk could conceivably design build and run a uh, brain world. Perhaps our universe is a uh, brain world created and managed by ultra-advanced engineers in the bulk. This is a cosmoforming hypothesis, essentially equivalent to the simulation hypothesis, but everything happens in one universe, the universe of string theory. This is, I think, the simplest uh, visual picture of a simulation or simulation-like cosmology. You may be thinking that the string theory, with its uh, uh, 10 or 11 dimensions and uh, intricate geometries beyond our imagination, is much more complicated than the simulation hypothesis. But you don't need to visualize all that. Just visualize our uh, brain world as the two-dimensional surface of a big soap bubble in the bulk and think that uh, our uh, bubble world has been built by engineers in the bulk. The engineers in the bulk use forces that uh, propagate across the bulk to interact with our uh, brain world. Most of the physical forces 
that we are familiar with are confined to our uh, brain, but uh, gravity is all over the bulk. So the engineers can use gravity to interact with our world. The engineers created our world and continue to scan, monitor and act upon our world. This is equivalent to the simulation hypothesis and equivalent to religion. I think reality is one and I, is one and undivided. But the one undivided reality can be described with derived emerging concepts like uh, particles and quantum fields, strings and uh, brain words, uh, parallel Everett words or computed words. If so, the simulated universe or multiverse picture, the brain world picture of uh, other cosmoformic pictures are uh, somewhat equivalent. Thank you very much for listening to me today. I am Giulio Prisco and this is the Turing Church Podcast.